0: This is the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. My name is Sarah Jefford and I am a surrogate and a surrogacy lawyer. In this episode, I interviewed Hayley, who was a gestational surrogate, and she and her intended parents all live in Western Australia. As you'll hear, whilst Hayley and her intended parents have an amazing relationship and they've worked very hard at building that relationship, they did have some challenges, particularly in the end part of the pregnancy. I'll hand over now to Hayley to tell her story.
1: My name is Hayley, I'm a mother to two children. I'm also a midwife and I recently gave birth as a gestational surrogate.
0: Great, so whereabouts do you live Hayley?
1: I live in Perth.
0: Beautiful, and so what made you come to surrogacy? Uh,
1: In my line of work as a midwife, I had seen lots of really sad stories. women who had lost babies, women who um, had had multiple miscarriages and then finally got to carry a pregnancy to full term and take home that beautiful baby. But also really sad stories where a woman had lost her uterus and hadn't completed her family. Um, And those really sad stories made me think about the women that couldn't have that opportunity to make it into the hospital because they couldn't get pregnant. So it made me think about... Um, what those, um, what might happen to those women? How would they be able to have children? And I'd had um, two children myself. It was really easy to fall pregnant, Um, had relatively smooth pregnancies. Um, I quite enjoyed being pregnant and had lovely births. Um, And so I felt that I was capable of being a surrogate. I felt like I was strong enough to um, take on another pregnancy. And I felt like I was mentally strong enough to take on the challenges of surrogacy.
0: Did you have any preconceived ideas about surrogacy and how it would work before you set out on that journey?
1: I don't think so. I didn't really know too much about surrogacy um, because I didn't know anybody personally who had undertaken the process. Um, So I I just knew that it would be hard and I had to figure out what it was I had to find out what was going to make it hard um, and see whether or not it was worth the risk for me and my family to undertake surrogacy.
0: what did your partner uh, think about it when you first mentioned it to him?
1: Well, I think the first time we talked about surrogacy was actually on my way home from the hospital with our second child and I said to him, "I think I could do this for somebody else and he wasn't really um, wasn't really all that phased by it um, because quite a strong and passionate type of person and um, we spoke about it more um, within that year after my daughter was born and I had said to him that I would like to breastfeed her for at least a year and if if we were going to pursue surrogacy then it would be after that year. So um, when that year came and I said to him I think I'd really like to look into this more, he, he said yeah for sure like go and do your research and figure out if it's actually something that you do really want to do and we'll go with it. So he was, he was really quite cool about it. Um,
0: Did you have any ideas about who you might carry for before you went looking?
1: So initially I wanted to, I wanted to carry for somebody who couldn't carry for themselves. So I didn't want to run the risk of carrying for somebody who might fall pregnant themselves during the process. So for me, I, I didn't, I didn't want to carry for somebody who had unexplained infertility because I didn't want to run that risk. Um, And at the time, I wanted to help somebody who didn't have any children. Um, And, yeah, I, I had an idea that it would be for somebody who had been sick at a young age, so somebody who perhaps had been diagnosed with cancer in their 30s just as they were planning on starting their family.
0: And the intended parents that you ended up caring for, how did you find them?
1: Um, So I joined the Australian surrogacy community and um, I put out a post and said, hi, I'm Hayley, I live in Perth and I'm interested in surrogacy. Um, And I just basically wanted to meet other people who were in the surrogacy community. At that stage, there wasn't a community within Western Australia. And so I organised a catch up and um, just met a few people um, who were pursuing surrogacy internationally um, there wasn't at that stage anybody who was pursuing surrogacy locally so and I joined the surrogates group and just learnt from lots of other surrogates and eventually my intending parents came onto the Australian surrogacy community page and I sent them a message and said hey this is me um, and we struck up a friendship through um, messages and it was um, We were organising a catch-up in Perth and I said to my intending mother, I'd really like to meet you before this catch-up comes because I was worried that we wouldn't get the opportunity to talk um, in depth or properly at that catch-up. So I wanted to meet her one-on-one. And um, so, yeah, I um, said, let's catch up. And, yeah, we did that on lunchtime. It's like a blind date.
0: Uh, were you looking for people that were in Western Australia, or did you think about doing it for intended parents interstate?
1: Um, I did probably naively thought that I could do an interstate um, arrangement when I first started looking to surrogacy, um, and I started talking to a couple of intended parents from interstate um, and the more I thought about it, um, the more I moved away from choosing Um, interstate IPs because Perth is so far away from the rest of Australia, um, from other major cities. So if I had intending parents that lived in Brisbane, it would take them a good part of a day to get here if there was an emergency um, at late notice. Um, And same with Melbourne, Adelaide, um, it's still three hours away. So um, that's when I decided that for us we wanted local intending parents and it did take a little while to find local intending parents. Um, But yeah, we did eventually.
0: How long after meeting them did you make the offer?
1: Um, It was about, I think we had been talking for about three or four months.
0: And then from there, uh, what was their reason for needing a surrogate?
1: So my intending mother had been diagnosed with cancer just as they were going, they were starting to think, um, starting to consider starting a family, and um, she she was um, she progressed through her treatment and um, she went into remission and um, she was given a good prognosis, but she was advised not to carry a pregnancy for herself because of that risk of her cancer returning.
0: And then uh, was she able to freeze embryos before the cancer treatment?
1: Yes. So before she started her treatment, she had an egg collection and her and her partner created some embryos just in the um, case that she wasn't able to carry herself or that they would need to look into surrogacy.
0: What was the process for then you becoming pregnant?
1: So it was an IVF process, um, which was quite... um, quite unusual for me because I'd had natural um, conceptions with our own children. Um, and so we decided to do a full medicated cycle um, with our first transfer, which included watching my, my hormone levels, um, ultrasounds, and um, taking medications in the lead up um, and then had an embryo transfer and, and then that process continued, watching my um, hormone levels and making sure my progesterone and estrogen were in the right range. And,
0: yeah. How long did it take for you to become pregnant?
1: We were successful first transfer, actually. We were really fortunate that um, the first transfer was successful. However, um, we ran into problems at about six weeks when my HCG levels were not rising um, as they were expecting. Um, They were rising, but only slowly. And um, at the seven week mark, we had an ultrasound and we saw a heartbeat, um, which was really exciting. Um, And then between the seventh week and the eighth week, I started feeling really nauseous and really tired and felt positively pregnant, um, all that I knew. And then we went for a scan at eight weeks and unfortunately there was no heartbeat. So, um, we had a DNC the next day, um, and, um, that was really hard for the intending parents, obviously, because it's their miscarriage. Um,
0: How did you feel that, as a having a miscarriage for somebody else's baby? Um, to be honest,
1: I, I felt disappointed for us, most of all, because we had put in so much hard work and, um... Yeah, it it felt disappointing that all that we had done now had finished um, and that we would have to try again. Um, Of course, we felt sad for our intending parents. I also knew that it was a possibility, given that nothing is sure and nothing is safe. And um, I always knew that miscarriage was possible. Um, And just because we were pregnant didn't necessarily mean that we were going to get a baby at the end of it.
0: How long
1: after that did you prepare for another one? So I think about three months later, we tried again, just um, once my cycle had returned and, um, yeah.
0: And was that also successful? Yeah, we were successful
1: the second time round as well. Wow. And that resulted in our surrogate baby.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. So what was it like being pregnant with a baby that wasn't yours?
1: In the first trimester, I felt quite sick and quite tired. I occasionally had... Um, Headaches as well. It didn't feel—I mean, in a lot of ways, it didn't feel much different to that of my own children. But emotionally, I knew that um, this baby we weren't bringing home, so um, it was—it was different in that I wasn't doing the belly rubs or thinking about what we were having. Like, is it a boy? Is it a girl? What names do I like? Um, So it was very different in that respect. But physically carrying him until, until the third trimester was much the same as my own children. Um, I learnt, obviously, people would say, oh, you're having another baby, and we would have to discuss, um, if they didn't know that we were doing surrogacy, that we would have to let them know that we weren't expecting another child, that we were having a baby for somebody else. And, yeah, so that, that made things different.
0: Your kids were quite small when you did it. How did they respond to the surrogacy baby and the pregnancy?
1: Yeah um, so because they had got to know our intending parents the first pregnancy we didn't say much to them. Um, We were waiting to get a a picture of the baby so that we could show them that I was carrying a baby inside of my tummy and um, we knew that the First pregnancy wasn't looking great, um, so we didn't say anything to them then. But on the second attempt, and when we had a a really positive pregnancy, and at our seven-week scan, we had a beautiful picture of the baby. We came home and we said, um, "Our friends, she's been sick and she's not able to have a baby anymore." And um, we think that that's really sad, and we would like to help them. And what what would you think if we helped them? And they said, "Yeah, definitely." And most of all, they were worried about her. They said is she going to be okay? And she said, yeah, she's going to be okay, but she would really like to have a baby and I've offered to help her have a baby. And they said, okay, yep, that's, that's great. Um, they weren't very interested because they were very young, but um, then we said to them, well, this is their baby and we've put it in my tummy and now for the next few months, we've got to look after it really. Um, we've got to be very careful of the little baby in my tummy and when the little baby is big enough, and ready to come into the world, we'll go to the hospital and he or she will be born and we will give the little baby to our friends. And it was just as simple as that, really. For them, it, it just was what it was. They weren't expecting that this baby was going to come home because that was never our intentions. Um they knew right from the start.
0: It's really beautiful the way you describe it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: so what happened towards the end of the pregnancy? How did that go?
1: Towards the end of the pregnancy, I started getting really uncomfortable. Um, I was working on the wards and it was getting quite difficult, um, doing lots of um, walking back and forth, back and forth. And um, towards the end of the pregnancy, I was working in the neonatal intensive care. And one day I was at work and I was feeling really um, uncomfortable and I thought I was just being a bit of a, a sook and hypochondriac. and I. I went for my tea break because I was quite uncomfortable and I was sitting at my tea break and I thought gosh that's painful and as a midwife I knew that I shouldn't really be having painful um, um, contractions Um, and then I realised actually yeah I was contracting, I was contracting every um, two to three minutes and so that was the last day that I did at work. Um, From there I went to the assessment unit and and we were able to stop the labour from continuing and Um, Yeah, I was just told to take it easy from that point What
0: was it like in those last few weeks Not being able to work and on rest? Yeah, it was really hard actually
1: Um, So from that point, that was 31 weeks From that point till about 35 weeks I continued to contract on and off Um, I spent um, a week um, between 31 and 33 weeks In and out of hospital um, Trying to stop the labour And then when I came home I just had to really take it Super easy. So I really wasn't doing very much at all. Um, if I pushed it too much, I would start contracting again. Um, and I had some medications that I was able to take that would um, try and relax my uterus and um, try and get me to have some good sleep because at the end of the pregnancy it was really difficult to get to get proper rest um, just because I was so uncomfortable. Um, I had a um, um a lot of amniotic fluid and I had a breech baby on board. Um, and he was really, really long. So I um, didn't really have very much space left inside towards the end of the pregnancy, so it made it very difficult to sleep and difficult to breathe.
0: Was there any resentment from you or your partner in terms of this is what we're doing for others and we're not bringing a baby home and now we're dealing with um, all the stress of a a riskier pregnancy and caring for our kids?
1: I wouldn't say there was resentment. Um, I guess we just felt stressed because... It changed everything for us. It changed the way that I was able to work, the way that he was able to work. It, it meant that my husband had to um, pick up the pieces, so he had to do everything. Um, we didn't feel resentful because we knew we, we were happy to be doing this for our friends. But, yeah, it was just stressful towards the end.
0: Were your intended parents able to help out with anything during that time?
1: Yeah, so um, uh, intending parents... Um, would come up and um, take care of our kids or offer to help in any way that they possibly could. Um, and I think that they felt they needed to as well. Um, they, they wanted to be able to help us as much as they could because we were doing this massive thing for them. So, um, But thankfully, my parents were here. Um, my parents live in Queensland, and they came over um, in October and they had plan to come for Christmas. So they were planning on being here for three months and as it turned out, um, they stayed a little bit longer because my brother came to visit us here as well and and then I went into premature labour. So my mum and dad offered to stay until um, I gave birth and as it turned out, they ended up being here for five and a half months. So they were a, a massive help to us um, and they would very often come the kids and yeah that was just a huge relief for us. So my mum's initial concern was um, how would I be in handing over the baby. Um, She was worried that I would suffer with handing the baby over but um, aside from that she actually wasn't, she was really supportive and really proud of me Um, and they had got to know our intending parents and because they ended up being here for such a long time, they really developed a nice friendship with our intending parents. Um and they got to meet their parents as well. So yeah, it was really quite special.
0: Yeah. So then baby was born, how was that?
1: Yeah, so um I was quite apprehensive about the birth because I was quite mindful that um Um, With our own children, I went into into spontaneous labour. With um, my surrogate baby, I was induced. Um, And it was... um, I had done a lot of work into ensuring I could try and mimic um, a natural process um, in terms of not creating too much hype, not too much emotion. Um, I didn't want there to be too much anxiety around me birthing, labouring and birthing. So um, so I'd done lots of work into making sure that I was ready and that I wasn't fearful and that I was safe and just lots of positive reinforcement. Um, the labour itself was pretty intense, um, but thankfully after artificially breaking my waters, I managed to labour on my own. And the labour was relatively quick. I had said we'd, we'd spend a fair bit of time with our intending parents just letting them know what my wishes would be for the labour and birth and for me I wanted to have them there at the start and when I felt like I needed my privacy to labour on my own because I'm quite um, I like to do to labour on my own without too much of an audience um, I had said to them I would ask them to leave and when I was transitioning I would get my husband or midwife to give them a call and say to come back because I felt that by that time that I was transitioning that the labour would definitely continue and I wasn't, I felt like there would be no risk of it stalling um, and being prolonged. So, yeah, as it turned out, they left and within an hour they were back.
0: <laughs> and what was the birth like?
1: So, it was amazing. I mean, at the time, it, I was quite... Um, was really overwhelming because it was quite it was quick. From start to finish, once I got into established labour and to him being born was three hours. So yeah, and I didn't have any pain relief. So it was quite intense. Um but once he was born, um he was I was on all fours and he was born behind me. So our obstetrician lifted him up to his mum and dad and said what is it? Because we didn't know what, we're, what they were expecting and um, they were able to announce that it was a boy and, um, and that was really, really quite special. But for me, it felt like, pass him here, I want to see him. <laughs> and so they passed him between my legs and I got to hold him and, yeah, it was, um, it was amazing. I instantly looked at him and thought, you look nothing like our children and um, I wasn't expecting him to look like our children because he wasn't a product of me and my husband. But I guess instinctively, when you give birth, you expect to see something that looks a bit like you or your husband. So for me, I saw him and I thought, yeah, you don't look anything like us. And yeah, it was great. I I loved that he was healthy and that he was here and he was screaming. And once the cord had stopped pulsing, um, we had a few photos. And then I, um, I wrapped him up and gave him a kiss. And I said, here, to his mum, passed him over to his mum. And it was the best... Moment ever in the entire journey. It was just beautiful. Everybody in the room was crying, and I just felt on top of the world. I think because the pregnancy was so hard towards the end, that I was really excited to um, to not be pregnant anymore. I was really excited to be able to sleep. Um, but unfortunately, I guess my body was thinking that it needed to still be awake. So hormonally, I was still quite restless at night. Um, but eventually, um, yeah, the the sleeps that I did get, they were great. I could sleep on my back and I wasn't breathless. And my mum and dad were still here and my dad had um, his 60th birthday when he was here. So five days after giving birth, we celebrated his 60th um, by going out on a, a river cruise, um, which was really quite special. And um, so I think in those first few weeks, I, I coped really quite well. Just felt grateful that what we had done had been achieved and that the baby was safe and well and that I was safe and well also.
0: Do you have any advice for women that are considering being surrogates? I would
1: say um, do lots of research. So learn as much as you can about the legislation that applies to your state. Know what you're able to do and what you're not able to do. Um, I would say really consider whether or not your family can accommodate um, for when there's complications because we did. We knew that we could have complications in the pregnancy, and we did. And it was really, really hard, um, but it wasn't something that we hadn't spoken about. Um, thankfully, I had the financial security of my intending parents, and um, I was able to take maternity leave from my work. Um, I would say learn from other surrogates. Um, so, join um, pages and learn what other people have gone through and um, really ask yourself whether or not you feel like you're strong enough to undertake surrogacy because it is a very tough journey. Um, And I would say spend time with your intending parents. Make sure that you develop good relationships with your intending parents because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, when, when everything is done, when that baby is born, if you want to have an ongoing relationship, you're going to need to have something in you need to have something that's going to you have to have common interests. You have to be able to have a friendship that's going to be able to last.
0: That was episode eight of the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. If you would like to get in touch with me, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook and at Sarahjefford.com.